Welcome to another episode of Faith and Consciousness. I want to thank each and every one of you who have remained uh, interested and uh, expecting the next episode. And I'm thankful uh, as well for those that have, in the time uh, between the last episode and this one, inquired about podcasts in general. So the anticipation for the next one um, and the encouragement for a new one are both very dear to me. And I'm grateful to each and every one of you who have listened, who have shared the podcasts with others, and who are really finding meaning and significance for both personal, spiritual reasons, and who have also found that these podcasts can perhaps be of the same vital use um, for life application in your lives of friends and families members that are um, in need, which to some extent we all are. One of the things that I find to be extremely important and is not often discussed as much as I believe it should be, is this idea of what we mean by spiritual growth. It's discussed, obviously, and there are many. Uh, podcasts and videos and books and programs, you name it, out there that aim to provide tools for growth, etc. But I think that one of the most important things to be reminded of is that growth can only occur when it is a personal decision. And it's a decision that is made despite the acknowledgement that change of any sort, be it physical, emotional, mental, and of course spiritual, requires work. And I think that that's where often the disconnect occurs along spiritual lines. Let me explain. Most people accept that physical change, that is to say, improving your health, requires work. And despite the fact that there are programs to facilitate uh, toning your body with quote-unquote easier methods or improving your dieting and yet tasting food that you've always enjoyed, etc. They will always tell you that it's still going to require work, attentiveness, awareness, dedication to maintaining whatever weight loss you've experienced or maintaining your body um, in whatever way you've improved it, uh, along muscular, um, cardiovascular, um, you name it. Improving your overall outlook on life, you're more active, you're more engaged with the outdoors, you name it. It requires work. It requires planning. It requires making sure that you make time. And sometimes there's not a lot of time to go around. We believe that to be true also with mental and emotional change, where most often than not, people seek a therapist or a life coach, a counselor, um, a physician, people who are experts and people who have experience in this field, and they work alongside that individual who wants to see change in their lives. And they recognize that there's work to be done because it's very easy to fall back on the old um, habits, 
the old ways of doing things, the old ways or the old patterns of thoughts and outlooks. And so adopting new patterns or new habits along mental lines and emotional lines takes time. It takes work. But yet when it comes to spirituality, people somehow feel that there's going to be a supernatural transformation of sorts. And yes, religion does in many ways um, advance that view. In certain circles, for instance, in evangelical Christianity, there's this idea that um, simply asking God for change will bring about this transformation, this empowering of sorts that comes from the Holy Spirit. And that by asking Jesus to enter your heart, that you will not be the same person that you were before. And when people with all honesty do that, and if and they realize they find themselves within a very short period of time after that euphoric experience, if they do choose to do it that way, they begin to find themselves frustrated, although they may not recognize it. They may not want to. They may not want to share it with anyone. Because they realize that slowly, surely, almost on point, they're going to begin to think, they're going to begin to feel, they're going to begin to act the way that they were before having invited Jesus into their heart, having the Holy Spirit showered over them, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the reason for that is because there is a misunderstanding of what all of that means. And this is not an attack on evangelical Christianity. You find that there are certain things that happen also within Roman Catholicism, Orthodoxy, uh, Eastern Orthodoxy. You find that among all sorts of expressions in the faith. But I'm focusing on that specifically because it is something that you find in Christianity and it is something that you find in certain expressions of Islam. But you don't really find that in Judaism. You don't find that in Buddhism. You don't find that in Hinduism. And I think that what occurs in those cases is that individuals believe that there is no work that they have to do. They confuse grace and they are misunderstanding what grace means. They don't realize that in order for you to grow physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, it requires work. And this is the reason why it's hard to pick and choose verses from scripture and just automatically build your whole edifice of argumentation on it. So although in the Christian story, one is saved by grace and one is justified by faith and so forth, it also says that one has to work their salvation with fear and trembling. And there's also a sense of having to be a disciple. And there's also an understanding of one having to be in the things of God. So this requires work. This requires effort. This requires love. And love is not something that just happens. You have to work on relationships. Anything you love, you have to care for. And caring requires work. If you care and tend to a garden, by simply saying you love the garden and you want to see a garden be beautiful and spacious and grow in your home, uh, you're going to have to get on your knees and weed 
You're going to have to plant. You're going to have to feed. You're going to have to water. You're going to have to open holes. You're going to have to find and spend money on better soils. You're going to have to prune trees and plants. You're going to have to be aware of illnesses that can be acquired and bacteria and whatnot. So one thing is to say that you want it, and another thing is to work for it. And I think that this is the reason why there is a false propaganda, a false advertisement that is done on many uh, people um, who receive a very watered-down, diluted, and I think at times a disingenuous expression of the Christian story. So I believe that one of the things that we all have to do is be aware of that. Be aware of the fact that if one really wants to see a transformation, that transformation has to come from within. But it's not just a decision. Decision is the first step. An awareness that, yes, I want to be more connected, let's say, with God. I want to be more connected with the universe. I want to be more connected with life. Um, I want to be... Um, a person that is not as materialistic or so much more involved in the things of love rather than those of consumption. I want to be more abreast and aware of um, the things of the of ecology and and of justice and of equality. And I want to be able to be more of a reflection of God and of my creator in this world and I want to edify, I want to build, I want to be a part of the healing of the world. All of that requires work. All of that requires dedication. All of that requires time. All of that requires energy. All of that requires treasure. And all of that requires talent. One cannot just um, expect that this is going to fall from the sky. In fact, even when the manna fell from heaven, uh, God still told Moses to tell the people of Israel, and Moses told Aaron and the Israelites, that they had to go out and collect the manna. The manna wasn't going to fall from heaven and just go straight into their mouths. And this is the bread of heaven. So even the food, even the bread of angels, has to be something that you go out and you get. And you have to collect it. Eat it, and then go out and be faithful. And you have to go out and be aware of the growth. And where those are areas that are growing, there are areas that are not growing. And pay attention to those as well. So for the next series of podcasts, we're going to be focusing on how to go about doing that. But for today, what I want to invite you to do is to think about how have you understood spiritual transformation? How have you understood spiritual growth? Has it been something that you believe that God just happens to perhaps, you know, um, in the blink of an eye, transform you to where you really don't notice who you are anymore and other people see this incredible transformation? Or is it something that you've wanted to do, but you have found yourself struggling because like perhaps diet or exercise or, um, you know, improving negative thoughts um, and changing habits and so on and so forth, it, it really does require a lot of effort. I'll leave that to you for next time. Until then, blessings and thank you for listening.